Hello, and welcome to Exchanging Eternal Truths, brought to you by Eternal Truths Ministries in Anderson, South Carolina. I'm your host, author and minister, Heather Lancaster, and I'm happy to be joined by Pastor James Cooper of the Church of Hope in Marksville, Louisiana. And today, we're going to talk about the new you. So, James, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on here this morning. Absolutely. So what about the new you? What's what is with the new you? The new you is the changing is the changing of who you are to who you are now. Okay. You and know? how does that how does that process work? Obviously, we know what the scripture says that you know when you become a believer, you become a new creation in Christ. Is that just part of this process? Well, yes, but like there's certain qualities that change. For example, you, you begin, your heart changes. You begin to love others more than you love yourself. Now that's, you a, take, that's a stretch for some people. <laughs> well, you, you got to remember, you take in consideration, Jacob's a con artist. All he was thinking about was himself. He was, he was stealing from Esau, lying to his dad. And then 20 years later, he's got somebody doing him dirt and doing wrong. Talking about Laban, his father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And he tells his father-in-law, I never stole from you. If your animal died, he said, I took the loss personally and I gave you the animal back. What changed? His heart. Bingo. Yeah. So, and and that's just such an interesting story about, about Jacob and that, that transition that he had from, like you said, the thief stealing his brother's birthright. You know, when he came out, you know, his mother was even told by an angel when she was pregnant with Jacob and Esau, hey, you got two nations struggling within you. And when he came, when Jacob came out, he was grabbing at Esau's heel and he was grabbing after and taking those things all, all the way through until like what you're talking about with Laban. So just to give our readers some, or our listeners some backstory, you know, Jacob was technically the second born son, which meant he should not have received any birthright from his father. That's exactly right. But what happened was because he was a trickster, he and his mother, you can't can't uh, disavow her knowledge of this either. She helped Jacob to trick Isaac because Isaac was going blind to trick Isaac to give the younger son, Jacob, the blessing over Esau. Esau's the one we should be talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, not yes, Abraham, not Isaac, and yes. Jacob. Yes. So, and then he goes on to uh Isaac tells him, Don't get a wife among the Canaanites, go get a wife among your your mother's people. So he goes to his uncle Laban. And that's kind of where we we pick up the story of of what you and I were talking about a little earlier which is how Jacob changes through his time working, working with Laban. He shows up with nothing. Yet when he leaves, he is prosperous. He has 11 children, two wives, two servants for the wives, a bunch of donkeys, camels. It says he became very prosperous. One of the changes in the new you is when the blessing is on you, 
you will have knowledge to re- to uh, to be prosperous. Yeah. See, that's what because one of the things, one of the things, and I I was reading it yesterday when we were talking about this. One of the things that that God showed Jacob to do is, you know, Jacob took the speckled and spotted animals and said because they wanted the pure unmarked animals those were supposed to be the best and he said i'll take the speckles in the spots but god showed him when they were drinking water to put like branches in there that happened to cause speckles and spots and what and, and remember this he didn't even get the speckles and spots yeah Laban stole them all and gave them to his kids. So all they had was the, the pure ones. Right. But yet, you see, that's, that's another thing. You got to learn to expect miracles. You know how much you got to believe in a miracle when all you got is some sticks and a pocket knife? And you're going to believe that all these animals are going to make spotted and speckled and, sh- and streaked? Mm-hmm. But it does. In Genesis 31, he, God told him in a dream that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. And he be- prosperous. See, the world can't stop you from being prosperous. The world can't stop you. The blessing that is on your life, there's a covenant. You know, we talked about this. I'm going to share something with you. Before he goes to Laban, he makes an altar. He puts the stone on the pillar and he talks to God. He says, God, if you help me get prosperous and you help me do everything I'm supposed to do, he said, when I come back, he said, I'm going to pay my tithes to you and all of that. How do you like that? He's going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient. 20 years later, God says, you remember what that vow you took? He said, it's time for you to come home. You see, that's another part of the new you. Because the new you now, you have a personal relationship, a covenant relationship with God, like a husband and wife, a personal closeness. And that is amazing. But you get that with the new you, because the old you wouldn't even know God. Right. And, and that's the one thing we, you know, so many people... And and I've talked about this before. So many people think that Christianity, if you will, is attending church on Sunday, going in, you get your little ticket punch, say you've done it. But true believers in Jesus Christ want oh, that relationship. There's yes, a difference I- between religion and relationship. I tell people this all the time. I said, you know what? I said, we try to be what we think is Christian. You know, let's be honest. Here we go. This is your typical one. Okay? Well, yeah, you know, I started tithing now, and, and I've been praying three times a week. I even stuck that little Jesus sticker on my car. Everybody sees the fish, so you know I'm a Christian. I mean, we paint these pictures. Of Christian of what we think in our minds is Christianity. And I'm not saying not to be obedient. There's nothing wrong with putting a fish on your car. You better be tired until you pass at your church. I mean, I'm not getting into all of that. I'm just saying the mindset of a Christian. You know, that's what God was dealing with me about this new you. About, you know, we don't realize what we have. We're only talked about. It. Right. You know what I'm saying? We give people our opinion of it until you start seeing people live it before your eyes. And then you realize how you've lived it. Yeah. And a big part of that, too, is knowing knowing what the word says. It's very hard to understand the concept of 
the new you and what that represents, the the amount of promises that we're given if you don't get into the word for yourself and find out what it says. Oh, I agree. And here's some, here's a note. Here's one thing I remember. On the, because I've done this one Sunday. It was really beautiful. The new you gives you the eyes to see the best in people and in situations. Now, don't overmistake. Yes, the Holy Spirit will give you a gift of discernment, but you are not, you are not, you're not going to see the worst in people. You know, like, well, what did Jesus say? If the lamp, if the eye is uh, light, you'll see light everywhere. Goodness. If it's dark, you won't. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You have the new you. Years ago, this is BC before Christ, before I got saved and all this, I had a negative outlook on life. Took me years to understand that, you know, when the new me that changed and who I am now, I see people, I don't see people out to get me. I'm always trying to help people, bless them and love on them. You know, it's a different mindset. Kind of like Jacob when he didn't see Rachel stealing his stuff out out of her daddy's house. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, the, the scripture tells us we are to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And I think people tend, and, and, and we've talked about this previously as believers, we want to see the best in people. We're really good at the gentle as doves bit, but we're not really allowing the Holy spirit to give us the discernment so we can be wise as serpents sometimes. And it helps to have that balanced approach. And that's part of the new you. That's part of the full package is you do everything. You know, my favorite scripture is is Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God as dear children. And then it goes on to say, but do everything in love. And sometimes love, even in its purest form, we think about everything Jesus did, he did in love. He also flipped tables at the temple to clean it because of that love and because of that righteousness. We have to have that same fervor for true righteousness. And and the fear and awe and reverence of the Lord that so many people, unfortunately, sitting in church don't have. But that's part of we're that. Not scared of it. You know, we're not scared. We're not nobody's scared of sin anymore. You know, yeah. there are two topics in church that is very rarely preached on today. Sin and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We don't preach on that enough. We talk about prosperity, and then, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with preaching on that. And then we talk about, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We talk about get your soul saved, get baptized, but we don't talk enough about sin because when we start realizing that sin, then fear would step in, and we would be afraid to commit a sin. At the time, we don't even worry about sin no more. Nowadays, the world accepts sin so much, it's okay, you know? And if you don't accept it, there's something wrong with you. That's yeah. what I need to look at. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's what the Bible tells us is going to happen, too. 
you know, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be when the son of man comes. So we know, and especially the way, the way the world is now, we know that, you know, the scripture says they're going to call right wrong and good evil. Well, that's exactly what we're saying. And that's exactly what you were saying. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, as believers, as, as Christians, it is our job to know what the Bible calls sin. And you have too many people trying to take bits and pieces out of context and people will take one word and say, well, Jesus would allow this and Jesus would condone that. Jesus would not. <laughs> you know, get in there and 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 read what Jesus says about everything else. Jesus would not. So we, that's that's where you're right. We don't we don't talk about about sin or its consequences. And and believers, you know, we 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 talk about sin enough to get people saved, but not enough. We're making converts. We're not making believers, which is or making disciples, which was truly what the Great Commission was about. Make disciples yeah. of all nations, not just make converts. You know, you talk about the sin, and you know, it's kind of like this. You know, then you got the church world. I mean, I've, I've I've seen churches they preach on sin every week until the people get tired of hearing, and then they go commit sin because they're tired of hearing about sin. And then you got some that tell people there's not no sin, but in the in the New Testament, Paul said, if you think something's a sin to you, then it becomes a sin. Mm-hmm. You know, it also said, do not let your food that you eat offend people. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to weaken their faith. You know, that's why I want to hang around with my Catholic friends and they want to eat fish during Lent. I don't mind. I eat fish right along with you. And if my Jewish friend that doesn't want to eat pork, that's fine. I'll eat lamb with you. I don't mind. I'll eat anything. I mean, I'm caged. I don't care what we cook. We're going to eat it all. But, <laughs> you know, just to, it's just to say, I mean, it, I mean I'm not going to let my food offend somebody. Right. Well, and he talks about, too, if your freedom causes your brother to stumble. You know, there's and and it goes right back to that. If you let's say you were with you were with your your Catholic friends, if you ate meat on Friday when they're eating fish, that would offend them. And we're supposed to draw people to Christ. And those are the very sorts of things just because we could do it. It's causing problems for other people. It's it's setting a blockage between us and our representation of God to them and their expectation of God. I mean, that's like us going to a Baptist church and someone say, hey, we're doing the Daniel fast. Okay, I'll eat vegetables with you. I mean, I might not eat the Brussels sprouts, but I'll eat what I can with you. I mean, I'll do the, I'll do the, I'll do it. I don't mind. I mean, it's. I get each person has their own custom things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just don't want to offend them because you're right. Because our churches don't talk about sin no more. Yeah. You know, it's not, forgiveness is. You know, that's one of the things about the new you. I wanted to share that with you. It creates the mindset that you begin to forgive others. You know, most people don't forgive because it's hard enough to forgive yourself or anybody else. Yeah. But the forgiveness part that I'm saying is we don't forgive. Until we learn what forgiveness is. 
That's good. When you realize that God forgave you, you know, I preached a message. You want to laugh? I wish I put it. I wish I would have put this out there. It was called for sale forgiveness. Prices may vary. Hmm. And we were talking about the price we charge for forgiveness. You know, like for, yeah. for strangers, it's free. For friends and family, the closer you are, you'll pay a higher price for our forgiveness. And for ourselves, we won't even offer it because we don't think we're worth it. That's 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 deep. That is it really is. But it's true. You know, it's very easy for for us to forgive somebody that cuts us off in traffic or something like that that we don't know. But the closer it is, the the more it hurts. And I think that's that's part of it. And especially when we talk about ourselves. And I've said this this too. We can sometimes be our own worst enemy when it comes to forgiveness. Yeah. Because not only we ask God for forgiveness and we trust that He's gonna forgive us, but we don't forgive ourselves. And and we let our past or our history or things we've done stop us from moving forward into what God's called us to do. Because we go, yeah, because we go, I, I'm not good enough to take that spot. And especially, especially for people called into ministry. Oh, but I have a, I have a history. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was this or that. Use that as your testimony to go, look, if God can save me, this is how big God is. Give oh, him amen. the glory. Never take his glory. Give him the glory. Oh, amen. Now, yeah. here's the thing. But when we make mistakes as ministers, their forgiveness is so hard to buy because it hurts. Yeah. One day, one day, my son, we had, some, we had a family issue. And one day, my son says, Dad, why can't we even get up and go play, man? You know, we made mistakes and boom, boom, boom. I said, son, you know, I said, you're not the worship team leader. Because you're so good. I said, you're a worship team leader because God is so good. And you got to learn that you're you're a man. You will fall. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to cry and want to know why. But you get up there and you keep moving forward. A forgiveness thing. Check this out. Tell me what you think. (laughs) So the Lord, he gave me this. It was fun. We charge interest rates on forgiveness like a credit card. The longer it takes for you to tell me you're sorry, the more that you got to pay now. Mm, that's true. And the thing yeah. is, we shouldn't. And 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 here's here's where we sometimes, I think, fall. We expect somebody to apologize before we forgive them. Oh, we you have to the forgive put... them first. How about if this? They never, if they never say sorry, that's okay. Forgiveness. Nobody thinks they need it, but if they want it, they want it for nothing. Mm-hmm. And, that, and this is what I've said too. I said forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about you. Yes. Forgiveness is about your heart and your ability to say, "Okay, God, I've been hurt. Maybe I've been wronged." But I forgive whoever did it or the situation that did it. If I did something wrong, I repent. Show me how not to do that again. 
but I forgive and and let it go. And you know, whether the other person's truly sorry or not, it's kind of up to them. When we talk about forgiveness, you know, and, and this is one of the things that Jesus gave you, God gives you forgiveness for free. And that he, that's the price he sold it to you for, because Jesus paid the debt for you. So you should sell your forgiveness for free at the same price. Quit charging people. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. It's true. We charge them. Yeah. And, and we shouldn't. Because that's what you said. Jesus did it for free. We should also. Look at look at Jacob. At the very end, he's forgiving Laban. He says, 10 times you've, you've changed my wages. You stole from me day and night. What I didn't take nothing from you. I did everything you told me to do. Now it's all bad. Wow. What's going on? Because, you know, forgiveness. He's learning how to forgive, and yet he needs it himself because he's getting ready to go see his brother after 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, it was, it, it's funny because even in that, he was still scared of his brother's reaction. Oh, yes. Now, he, he stole his brother's birthright, the very, basically his inheritance. Exactly. Went off, got nothing, had to work for Laban for 20 years, changed his wages 10 times, like you mentioned. And now he's forgiving Laban, knowing he's got to ask, you know, he's he's getting ready to see whether his brother can forgive him for that after 20 years. But he's so nervous about it. He keeps sending waves of gifts. Yeah, because he knows it was coming, exactly. So that he just doesn't come and show up. He's like, I'm bringing you a gift. I'm bringing you a gift. And he sets, he almost sets Esau up to say, okay, all right, he's given me all this stuff. Now what? Okay, he's given me all this stuff again. Now what? Oh, here he is. But Esau forgave him. Exactly. But you see, the new if if Jacob wouldn't if the, if the new Jacob wouldn't have been around and that was the old Jacob, what do you think he would have done? He would have stole all that man's animals. He would have did everything dirt. I mean, come on, if he could steal from his brother, he could steal from anybody. Yeah. But, Life changes him. You know, I started realizing, you want to see about a change of the new you? Because when it's on your life, this blessing, it makes a way for you. Check this out. He goes over there, and you know the story. He gets, he spends seven years and gets tricked and gets married to the wrong wife. Mm-hmm. In seven more years, he has to work. Do You know, the wife that he loved had a problem uh, having children, remember? Right. He had to give her a mandrake. You know, when he's seen these miracles and all these things that's happening in his life, because that new him is there. I mean, the blessings on his life, the new him is here. Right. He doesn't even see it. But until later on, he looks back and he starts realizing, you know, that's why he quit stealing. I mean, his wife blessed him with a kid. He's got 11 kids, two wives. He got prosperous with all the animals. He said, man, if one got two or by an animal, I'll give it back to you. You know, I don't want, I don't want you to think nothing. What a change yeah. how God does that. Yeah. And you I know? mean, you you see that in in the New Testament as well. You know, think about and and I always I always tell people to do this. Look at Peter of the Gospels and then look at Peter of Acts and the Epistles. When he yeah. got the holy, I mean, he believed Jesus. But then he got the Holy Spirit and it transformed him. 
He went from a coward who was denying God, even though he said he wouldn't, a little bit violent, cut off, cut off a guy's ear, um, to somebody who was bold and proclaiming the gospel in such a way that 3,000 people were added to the church in a day. And then at the end of his life was like, I'm not worthy to die in the same manner as Jesus. So he asked, they were going to crucify him. He asked to be crucified upside down. That's right. And, 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 you know, that's just an example of how much you've got Jacob example going from a thief and, and, you know, scrabbling for everything to being blessed and, and having his name changed to Israel, which is a name we all know and love today. Amen. And whoever whoever blesses you, I will bless them. And if you curse them, I will curse you. Exactly. And, and, you know, with all of that, you know, it's the one thing that has lasted for, you know, four, four or 5,000 years. A lot of these other places are gone. A lot of these other things are gone. Israel is still here. You know, it represents Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That transition, you have examples in the New Testament. Jesus wants each of us to have a new you experience to where we uh, go in and we understand the transformation that happens from the life we lived in sin to this new creature that, that the word promises us. With it, we renew our mind, like it says in Romans 2, that we're not conformed to the world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, as it says in Romans 12, 2. And that's a process that includes forgiveness. It includes growth. It includes all of those blessings that that we talk about. You know, it makes a way in your life. We can expect miracles like the word promises, and it does transform us into something different. And you can't let circumstances dictate the size of your miracle. You know, because if you think about this, when Jacob's sitting there with the sticks by the water, he could say, well, I ain't going to get too many of these spotted sheep because I ain't got none. Laban stole them all. I can't get blessed. It ain't going to be possible. But yet every one of them was speckled and spotted and in the streak. Yeah. You, know, you gotta you can't limit to the circumstance. You know, I do that sometimes. I, I'll limit my I, I sometimes I catch myself, I'll limit God, thinking that he's only gonna work this type of way. And then he's like, No, 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 I got something better. And I just gotta learn to, to receive it. Yeah. We we had a situation recently where something came up and we're like, well, God's done it this way before. So in our own strength, we go, oh, well, if we do this, then God can do it because that's how I did it before. But that's not how God wanted to do it this time. And and I think that's one of the reasons why in the Gospels, we see that Jesus performed so many different miracles in so many different ways, because it's not always going to be the same way each time and that's why we have to be led by the spirit so it's a personal relationship see that's the new you the new you has that new relationship you have a personal covenant with god and i'll explain this to you moses had a stick when he went to the water 
Mm-hmm. And he split the Red Sea. Right? Right. When Joshua came to the water, he had to step in. He didn't get a stick. You know why? Because he's not Moses. He's wow. Joshua. He has his own personal walk. Like the way God will do a blessing and miracle in my life is going to be different from you, but we're both going to get those blessings. That's right. And the miracles. And and that's where we have to expect it too. You know, I think there are a lot of people out there, and I would I would encourage our listeners if if you are needing a miracle in your life, whether that's physical, spiritual, financial, you know, let us know. You know, write, give us a comment. We'll be happy to pray for you and come in agreement with you because. God wants to do that. You know, the scripture, 3 John 1, 2, beloved above all things, I wish you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And that's such an important thing for us to realize, but it doesn't manifest the exact same way in everybody's life. A couple of examples. Couple of examples. You know, there is a a friend of mine that she did an episode and talks about how God healed her from cancer. And she went through the chemo process. And during that, God, you know, completely took care of it. So much so that the doctors even said, You serve something bigger than our God, than our medicine. So it was a testimony to the doctors. It opened doors for her to pray for the nursing staff, for the doctors, for other patients in there. And then I know other people who said, I'm not going for treatment. I'm believing and got healed without treatment. So it's not, it's the same miracle. It's just different methods of getting there. And that's where we have to use wisdom, but that's where that relationship you mentioned comes into play. If we don't have that relationship with God, how can we know how he wants us to approach that situation? Because everybody's got a different level of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized I'm not everybody can go up to the, the Red Sea and split the Red Sea. And in fact, when he, when Moses asks God, God says, why are you asking me? You just go do it. I'll back you up. And then he does it. You know, how come Joshua didn't do that? Because Joshua's relationship wasn't based like that. Right. You know, I think sometimes we base our relationships off of other people's relationships with God instead of our own personal. Yeah. I I had I had somebody I knew that was very much like that. I, I watched her live off of the faith of first her parents and then her children, but couldn't grasp it for herself. And, and it's a different, we're, nobody has it all. You know, the scripture says we know in part, we prophesy in part, but that goes for everything. You know, we, none of us on this earth have it all together. We know our Lord who has everything knows the end from the beginning. Yeah, oh, I agree. Oh, and he'll we, tell we, us and we'll, we'll get it on the other side. We'll get the fullness of knowledge we're promised. Oh, yeah, because here's the truth. That's kind of like unity in doctrine. Man, I see all these churches, they're all trying to get unity in doctrine. No, you'll get unity in faith. Yeah. And when we get to heaven, then the doctrine sets it apart. But yeah, that that new you, it has so, you know, you got to look back at it because spiritually, man, the new you is really who you are today. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's really, here I am now, 
married, I got a good wife, I got kids, I got the church, you know, I'm blessed physically, financially, spiritually, I'm not sick, you know, everything's going great. And I can remember, ooh, Lord, geez, back in the day, 20 years ago, I would have been all in trouble. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been living a life like this, you know, but now my life has changed. I'm learning to forgive people. I'm learning to see the best in people. You know, I, I I got the mindset, my heart. I'm trying to love others more than myself. I mean, I'm really trying. It's hard at times. But, hey, I realize that God's doing this for a reason, you know. It's our callings in life. Absolutely. And that's, that's one thing. And we just, as as we start to to wrap up for for this episode, that that is. And I think every person is, we're all on a journey. And I would encourage our listeners that no matter where you are on the journey, remember that it is just that it is a journey and you're not where you were yesterday. You're not where you were 10 years ago. You're not where you're going to be in another 10 years. So don't, don't give up, keep pressing through. And even if you're not seeing the blessing working in your life, maybe ask somebody that's close to you whether they see it. Because, you know, you mentioned something earlier about very often we don't necessarily see, as believers, we always try to look for the best in people and that that sort of thing. But I think sometimes we don't necessarily always realize that the blessing is working in our lives. We're focused on a circumstance or a condition or something, and um, sometimes I think we lose focus of of the bigger picture. So I would encourage somebody: if you don't feel like the blessing is operating in your life, talk Take to somebody you thing. trust and yeah. say, "Be real with me. Am I missing the big picture? Because it could be that the blessing is working. You're just not seeing it. You're not seeing the forest for the trees, as they say. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Sometimes we get too close. And we speak it, listen, I speak, we speak that over our life every day. I'm blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. And that's great. But when you get the understanding of what the blessing is that's over you in your life, you know, and who do you are now, you know, your past does not dictate who uh, your blessing. You got me? It's not going to dictate the blessing, not the past. Nope. It's your walk with God today. Yeah. Because you realize that God gives you the power. This blessing causes power to activate God, to move on your behalf. Yeah. That's the blessing that's over. You have power of God to move on your behalf. Let me tell you something. If you don't think that's big, let me tell you something. I've been waiting for my wife to cook me breakfast every morning, right? I've been waiting for that power to move. I said, man, if she can just make some biscuits and some coffee today, I'll do a backflip. And I get up, no biscuit, no coffee. And I say, huh, Sarah don't have it. Abraham didn't have this problem. Sarah cook anyway. Bye, 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 bye. But like then one day, she said, "Hey, I made you biscuits and coffee." She moved on my behalf. Yeah, but that's how God does for us. He moves on our behalf. The things that are important to you are important to God. It's like it's like kids, man. Kids come up to you and they're hungry. Or, I want to eat. I need this and that. You know, it's important to them. So if it's important to them, it's important to me. Yeah. So I go get stuff. And I think I think sometimes we we think 
that we have to figure it all out or we have to make it all happen in our own strength. But we have to remember that we are God's children. You know, when you mentioned your kids, your kids want something or need something. You want to do that for them as a as a parent. And, and God, then I never want, say need. It's want. want. I want milk. I want cereal. I want this. I want that. They don't ever say I need. You know, I never heard I need cereal and milk. It's I want cereal and milk. I want this. I want that. Well, we have, we have, and 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 we're blessed to be able to say this. And and again, this blessing. Unless you're in different circumstances, which I understand happen as children. We don't know what need is. We only know want. And that's what God wants to get us to, where we're not focused on our needs. Because it says he supplies all our needs. According to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So we should not be focusing about that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because because if and you're not gonna want if he took care of all you want. Because exactly. if you look at when Genesis uh in the Bible when Jesus said, Don't he said, Don't be like the hypocrites and tell your father what you need. He said he already knows what you need. But when you pray, pray like this, and while you stand in there, forgive, and whatever you ask for, it shall be given. These are dealing in wants. There's a scripture that I'm gonna leave you with. This is beautiful. It says this is how much God wants you to have the wants in your life. You ready? Mm-hmm. He said, I'll answer the prayer the way you have joy in your life. Joy. Joy. Wow. Now that is awesome. Because I buy chocolate pudding for my grandkid, for my grandbaby, just so I, because I know she likes it and I like it and we eat chocolate pudding. I do it so there's joy in her life and it gives me joy. Yeah. And, and God enjoys seeing us have joy. Just like yeah. just like you as a parent, as a grandparent, when your children are happy and joyful, then you're happy and joyful. Amen. But Amen. it's about it's it still goes back to that relationship. If you didn't have a relationship with your kids, you wouldn't know when they were joyful or not. We have That's to have that relationship with God to be able to allow him, like you said, to work on our behalf and to do those things we can't do, to make a way to expect miracles and to transform us into that new you. You know, you're exactly right. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. And that's the new, that's what I was, that's what we're talking about. Like the, it's that covenant relationship that you have with God. That's your father. That's not even, you know, it's not even just a God. You start calling him father, you know. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, he's not called father until Jesus says it, our father. Our father. And he's not our just my father. It's our father. He's your daddy too. Amen. So, Amen. Well, Pastor Amen. James, as we, as we close up for today, I just want to remind everybody that you are the Church of Hope in Marksville, Louisiana. So, Pastor James, tell us where... Tell us where people can find you. You can find us. We're on Facebook right now. The website will be setting back up soon. But you will find us. We we are located at 583 Highway 1194. Our church's service hours are from 10 a.m. to about 1115. 
And on, on Wednesday nights, about 6.30 to about 7.15. I really don't go too long. I don't want no Uticas. We don't want nobody falling asleep out the three-story window. And you got to go run outside in the church and bring them back to life. You know, but we, we the messages are beautiful. And I'll tell you like this. Everyone, and this is the God's honest truth. It's the name of it's called the Church of Hope. It's a place where broken hearts are healed and where hope comes to you. Amen. And we love it. Amen. Well, well, Pastor James, thank you so much for being on here with me. I know our listeners are going to get a lot of a lot out of this, and they're going to be excited to learn more about the new you. So thank you so much for joining Amen. me. I love you. God bless y'all. Bless you. And for our listeners, you've been listening to Exchanging Eternal Truths, brought to you by Eternal Truths Ministries in Anderson, South Carolina. As always, I'm your host, author and minister, Heather Lancaster. And until next week, be blessed, my friends.